Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Dalton Wagner in the Zone is brought to you by Reliance Bank. The super senior right tackle is part of an offensive line that paved the way for the top rushing attack in the Power Five last year. Reliance Bank opened its doors in 1965, and although they may be growing, they're still the institution you've trusted for years. Just like K.J. Jefferson can rely on Dalton Wagner, you can rely on us at Reliance Bank. All right, let's bring him in. Hi, Dalton Wagner. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, I'm awesome. Uh, it's sunshine is here. The weather's been perfect. We've really enjoyed that. And when you get old, you talk about the weather a lot, and so that's what we've been doing around here. Something to look forward to. <laughs> I feel like I'm up there with you. I've been talking to the weather a lot, too. There you go. You're an old man at heart. you got an old soul. I like that about you. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we've been debating here. I don't know how much radio you listen to as far as, like, play-by-play. But Christian and I, our producer, are we're both huge Kevin Harlan fans, and he had a great Monday night football call, the moron that had the pink smoke bomb thing that he or whatever smoke thing that he ran out on the field with. Uh, and so we're going to play that in a little bit. And then Ke- my man Wes over here said he thinks Kevin Harlan's basically too dramatic. Do you like Kevin Harlan, A, that's one of our questions of the day, and B, uh, who do you like listening to, if, if anybody, as far as broadcasters go? Um, back, back home, 670, the score was always one that, it was always a great one to listen to. That was did a good job. It's an AM one. Always did a great job with uh, kind of play-by-play and just calling stuff out and everything, too. But I know what you're talking about, that whole clip and everything, and the guy running on the field, the smoke bomb and everything. It was hilarious watching that happen. If a dude ran out on the field and you were in proximity, would you smoke him? I, I think I'd try to, you know, especially after seeing – you'll get you'll get hits that clean very often plus i mean when's the last time no, you, not that clean when's the last time you blocked a guy the way to buck 08 <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think what back in maybe like i don't know grade school maybe probably <laughs> yeah all right so let's get down to business it's been a tough couple of weeks obviously disappointing loss at a&m and then obviously alabama flexed its muscles in the fourth quarter and took over the game on the ground um, just give me kind of your mentality, team's mentality. Where are you guys at after these tough couple weeks? Yeah, um, obviously we're probably about as frustrated as you are with it, if not a little more. But like I said the last two weeks, we don't have time to dwell on anything. Um, it's new opponent coming in Saturday. We've got to go down to Starkville to play Mississippi State. And that's a hell of a challenge for us. I think it'll be a great opportunity for us to – get back on track for what we need to do. Uh, Mike Leach runs an awesome team down there. You know, they're very talented in special teams, very talented on defense, and obviously Will Rogers is uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC as well, too. Uh, very good passing attack there. But, yeah, it's it's frustrating. The team was frustrated, but we had to move on. Um, this week's been all about – it's been very emphasized in practices since Monday, meetings, everything, just the little details, little details, because – we felt like we were letting those slip in the last the last two games. Those little details, how you know we're able to come back, come back, and make you know make the twenty three to oh, was it twenty eight I think or mm-hmm. twenty three. I think it's twenty three twenty eight. Um, come back and you know it's a unique thing to do that. You come back and you score twenty three unanswered points, and then we our details kind of got lost in the trash there. And we've been focusing on offense, starting faster too. You know, not coming out 
not coming out as slow as we did against Alabama and folks on starting faster too. Obviously everybody wants to have KJ in the huddle, Dalton. How was it with uh Fort in there? How did he how do he sort of command the huddle and what did you think of his performance? Yeah, Cade Cade's an awesome quarterback. He's he's a great friend, a great leader and a great teammate. You know, I can't say enough about him and I know the offensive line's extremely confident in him. Our defense is confident in him and our receivers, probably the most important ones, are very confident in him as well too. You know, Cade, he's calm back there. He's cool. He's collected. He knows what he's doing. He checks his reads as fast as he can. You know, he makes sure that our tempo is just as fast, too. And he does, he does a lot of really good things back there that uh, that will go underappreciated, I think, from the game. But he's doing he's, – he's a really great quarterback. Dalton Wagner with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It's brought to you by our friends at Reliance Bank. You brought up Mississippi State's offense, and that will get the focal point of our probably attention this week. A lot of people are curious about the matchup on the back end defensively for Arkansas against their passing attack, and they've got a bunch of receivers that are very productive, and you mentioned the quarterback already. However, you guys have had some success in that regard. I'm curious about your offense against their defense because our common, I guess our common sense thought process is run the ball, keep the offense off the field for Mississippi State. How much of a focal point would that be, you think, this week? Yeah, I think uh, I think running the ball is going to be crucial. Mississippi State runs um, – a multitude of defensive fronts and kind of defensive alignment. They're going to be twisting a lot. They're going to be bringing a lot of pressure to different sides. They're going to be trying to fire a nickel when they can or free safety when they can or, or the boundary safety as well, too. Um, they're a big run blitz team. You know, if they get, if you can, if you're productive on first down with a run and, you know, and you're second and short or second and medium, you know, most of America knows you're going to run the ball there, as does their defensive coordinator. So he's a big run blitzer. Um, so he's going to try to do everything he can to stop the run. And it's, it's going to be on the offensive line to make sure we can pick up the movement patterns. We're going to do a lot of twist games, like I said, a lot of blitzes, a lot of extra stuff adding in there. They're going to just try to muddy up the looks the best they can, make us try to, you know, bite on some things we shouldn't bite on. And we can create these holes and do what we need to do. I know Rocket, Rocket Donnell, AJ, Davinian, all of them are going to do their job. So we just we got to make sure we can handle that movement. Do you like it when teams run blitz? I do and I don't. So the biggest thing, the biggest advantage to a team running a blitz is that if you can pick that blitz up, there's usually a weak point on the defense somewhere. Like if you could cut a guy out of a gap, they're going to blitz. Like let's say if they're bringing a blitz to the B gap, you know, but you have a three tech sitting in the B gap. That that three tech has to pirate either to the A gap or it needs to go to the C gap to cover up another back for where that blitz is coming into. So if you could stop him from getting his gap, you pretty much steal two gaps on him and it creates a hole wherever you steal that gap from. But if you don't pick up that blitz, it's usually going to be a TFL or no-gain yard. So it's a love-hate relationship. Hmm. You know, if you could pick it up, man, you can you could probably get it rolling. But if you miss it, it's probably going to be a TFL. And high risk, high reward. I think Is this your third trip to Starkville? This is – yeah, this will be my third trip, yep. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> do, you, do you think when you're done with school you'll probably buy a house there? <laughs> it is there, here, one of the two. Probably, I, I prefer to have it here. But okay. Makes all the sense. places I've been all over the SEC, I, I feel like i got real estate in all of them. Yeah, well, Starkville doesn't get a lot of love from most fan bases. And it, and then I've been told from some of my friends who are Mississippi State fans that we probably give it too hard of a time. Yeah. I'm not the biggest. I think Oxford's way overrated. Uh, I don't know. I haven't been to Starkville, so I don't know. Wes, you the been? Down, yeah, the downtown area is pretty cool. I enjoy going down there. And... No, I lied. I've been there. I've been. Yeah. I've done a basketball game there, I guess. So, yeah, yeah we spent a little time down there. I didn't mind it. 
No, it wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't as bad as I expected. It's just when you drive in from a certain direction, it's just like, whoa, there's nothing, and then you're in town right by the college. That's it's Oxford, kind of weird. Oxford's yeah. the same way. You're like in the middle of nowhere, and it's like, oh, yeah. there's a school here. Okay. That right there. Yeah. And the reason I asked about your third time, because we had Trey Knox on yesterday, and I was asking about the environment at Starkville, and he was like, I really don't know, because two years ago when we went, it was a COVID year, and so there weren't that many yep. people and that many cowbells, so you know what it's truly like with a uh, you know a large crowd and all those cowbells, uh, describe what it's like for an offensive lineman with those cowbells and everything going on. Yeah, um, back in twenty, I think it was twenty eighteen was the last time we were there, if I remember correctly. Um, I played, I played at the very end of that game. Kind of, we were getting beat pretty bad, so they put me in the end of the game. But it was, uh, I just remember the cowbells. You know, I think, I think the rule changed now from what it used to be. But back then, the cowbells were going crazy, third downs. A lot of first downs, too, as you take in the field. But now, from my understanding, when the center puts his hand on the ball or the quarterback addresses the center, the cowbells have to stop. So we're hoping that that doesn't play too much of a factor into it. But obviously, we're preparing like it will. Um, but there's a uniqueness to the cowbells versus, you know, just regular crowd noise because the cowbells get a little more sharp. You know, they're a little louder. They're like... I don't know. It's very unique. I guess the best way I could describe it, you know, it's just it's there. It's always there, and they're always ringing, and that's pretty much all you hear. Dalton, you can't uh, tell us whether or not KJ is for sure going to play or not because Wes and I have a bet on it. Can you? I assume you can't. I, can't I just have it. to ask as a journalist, you know. Yep. Yeah, oh. you, got, you have to ask Coach Pitt about that one. Well, he won't tell me either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but- we're all going to find out together, I suppose. That's what Malik told our morning guys yesterday. So then you get the situation with the backups. I know you're a fan of Cage. You just mentioned that. Obviously, Malik has a great skill set in his own right. Um, as far as your role, when you've got a guy that, you know, obviously is great with his feet and can throw it some versus a guy that is more of a pocket guy, how much does your approach change this week depending on which one of those guys are in there if that ends up being the case? Yeah, if you uh, if you've got a pocket passer in there, um, obviously your strain and pass protection is going to be a little more going to need to be a little more firm. Um, you're probably not going to get the contained rushers that you'll usually end up getting. Like you'll see it sometimes the edge rushers they'll rush five yards and they'll either float or they'll retrace back underneath to try to stop him from scrambling or stop a quarterback from scrambling. Versus with a pocket passer, a lot of the times they're going to try to press you into the pocket. They're going to try to beat you around the edge to get to that pocket passer because they know he's going to try to be stagnant in there. But, you know, either way, a role, Cade versus Malik. Cade, you know, that's something that people don't realize that Cade's got some sneaky athleticism. Like, he, he can run. He's got some sneaky speed. and He can move around and watching him yesterday and seeing how he can do things. Like, you know, he's, people, you know, they talk about pocket passer. Obviously, he's not, he's not like KJ or he's not exactly like Malik either, but he can move still, and you know he can make some plays happen with his feet. And I think I think the strain overall up front protection is going to be the biggest difference for us. Yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I've seen the team with Dak going out in the first week. Everybody basically step up. They not only Cooper Rush, but the offensive line, the defense is playing outstanding. They've had big special teams play. It's just the the team keeps saying we all have to step up in his absence. Is that something that's going on with you guys? Oh, absolutely. The defense is safe, has taken a very big step this week. You know, I think I think they, were, they did a lot of some more uh, player meetings yesterday, like 30 minutes before the actual meeting starts. Some of those 
defensive guys went in there a little earlier to get some more extra film in. You know, uh, they, they were great vocally at practice yesterday, which is one thing that I noticed that was standing out a lot. You know, they're always vocal and everything, but, like, their communication while they're out there was just on point yesterday. It was very – it was awesome to see. And, you know, you got receivers stepping up to make plays, too, for uh, the quarterbacks as well. And, you know, we as an offensive line, though, like, we got to have confidence in whoever's going to be back there, you know. So we've got to make sure we're communicating, we're talking to him, we're setting the points where we need to go, and he's on the same page with us. And Because with KJ sometimes, you know, we can get into that mode where we play with KJ for so long that, you know, he knows what we're going to do and we know what he's going to do. And, you know, it's a quick point, hey, we're going out here. Yep, all right, good. And then where's the Cade now? Hey, we're going to take it here. Backside's going to go here. We're going to go here. And just so, you know, the confidence level is there. You have to do a little more communication now. Dalton Wagner on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Thanks to Reliance Bank. This is just another game. I mean, it doesn't count any more than any other win, but to me it feels a little bit like the Cincinnati game, that this are a little more important here with what's looming at BYU next week and the two losses, especially when you factor in you know, the disappointment, the way things went at A&M. Does this feel like a, a pivotal game to you guys, or is it you know just another week as you guys try to reset and get back in the win column? Yeah, I think, I think it's a little of both, if I'm being honest. I think there's – Obviously, guys are thinking about it being a pivotal win. Like, this is something we, we need this win right here. We need to get this win to get, get everything back on track. But it's also, we know in order to get that win, we have to get back to the basics of who we are. We have to get back to that toughness. We have to get back to that strength. We have to get back to the communication, the details, all those little things that, you know, kind of slipped in those last two games there. So the coaches have been really harping on that practice. And I think that'll be the ultimate difference maker this weekend is if we can get those details cleaned up, those mental errors, those, you know, the assignments, communication, all that stuff cleaned up. I think we'll have a, we'll have a really great shot at it. I hate to bring up the A word, but Alabama's now number one in the country. What did you think of them defensively? How they compared to other teams? Were, were they, were they as good as you thought or better? Yeah, they were, uh, I think they were probably as good as we thought um, going into it. You know, we played them last year. Most of that defense returned. Obviously, you had Christian, uh, um, um, I think it was Christian Harris last year, number eight. He he went to the, he went out, and they had that new linebacker in there. But for the most part, it was mostly the same guys in there between Dallas Turner, Will Anderson on the edges. Um, they were a great defense. You know, I think it's the best defense we're going to see all year. Still, um, very talented, very mobile, very nimble, and. Like I said, I think I said it after the game on Saturday, you know, they'll take advantage of mistakes you make, you know, that's, that's what a team like that does. That's what a well-coached defense does. And they'll take advantage of the mistakes you make. But on the other side of being well-coached like that, you can exploit because you know where they're going to be. You know what they're going to do. If you can get the tell on what they're going to do, and you can cut them out of their gap, which we were starting to do. Dalton, good luck this week, man. Thank you for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys. Go Hawks. All right. See you. Dalton Wagner, thank you, Reliance Bank. Appreciate you.